Welcome to this special episode of Royally Screwed. My name is Chris Shearer, and usually I would be talking about some of the best, worst, and most bizarre rulers throughout history. But in this mid-break special, I instead want to take a brief look at some figures I've mentioned several times but have not covered in full. Maybe you'll remember their names once I say them. Suetonius, Tacitus, and Cassius Dio. These three men make up a pretty decent chunk of the history we have over the late Roman Republic and early Roman Empire. But who were these guys and why do we put so much stock in what they had to say? Well, for the most part, it's because they were writing their historical works during the days of the Roman Empire and those works still survive to this day. Always best to have a mostly first-hand account. But also, these three, as well as several others, were actually present within the imperial courts or were close to people with significant power. It makes sense that we can probably trust this sort of insider information. So sit back and take a load off for this installment of Royally Special, The Men Who Wrote Rome. <laughs> Let's start off with Tacitus, since he was born first out of the three men we'll be examining. Unfortunately, no one writes contemporary histories about the historians, so our facts about his life are very few and far between. What little we do know about his life mostly comes from letters he wrote to his friend Gaius Plinius Caecilius Secundus, more commonly known as Pliny the Younger. Pliny was another man who, despite not being a historian by trade, has left us with writings that help show us, living in the modern age, what life was like back in Rome. He's mostly well known for writing about the eruption of Mount Vesuvius and the destruction of Pompeii. But plenty aside, let's get back to Tacitus. His full name was probably Publius Cornelius Tacitus, or possibly Gaius Cornelius Tacitus. His family was probably members of the equestrian social class, the second highest social class in Rome below the senatorial class. His father may also have been a powerful politician in southern Gaul. Tacitus never wrote about who his father was, or at least any mentions of him haven't survived, but there was a man named Cornelius Tacitus with the role of procurator in southern Gaul around the time of Tacitus' birth, which was in 56 CE, and many Roman fathers and sons had the same name. In 77 CE, Tacitus married Julia Agricola. Julia's father was a military commander who had been prominent in the Roman conquest of Britain. This is very important because Tacitus would later go on to write about the conquests of Britannia, and it was no doubt helpful that he had a first-hand account of that event. Tacitus then began getting to work on a career in politics, having served in several minor political positions in Rome under Emperors Vespasian, Titus, and Domitian. He then worked for several years outside of Italy, though in what capacity is uncertain. He then returned to Rome and served in the Senate. In the year 97, he was chosen to act as a consul after one of the consuls left. I don't know what exactly happened in 97 CE, but 12 different men served as consul throughout that year, which is disconcerting from a political point of view. The next year, in 98 CE, Tacitus published two different books. One titled Germania was about the German people in Roman military campaigns in the region. The second book was titled Agricola. 
While it functioned as a military biography of his father-in-law, it was also a history of Roman military campaigns in Britannia and an ethnography of the Britons. For the next several years, Tacitus led a mostly private life, no doubt now focusing on his career as a historian. Around 105 CE, he published one of his landmark historical works, appropriately referred to as Historiae, Histories. The several volumes, potentially around 14 separate books, chronicled the years 69 CE to 96 CE, coinciding with Rome after the death of Emperor Nero through the reign of Emperor Domitian. Unfortunately, we currently only have surviving copies of the work that go through the year 70. So yeah, not much of it remains. Apparently, Tacitus wanted to write another book eventually chronicling up to 117 CE through the reign of Trajan, but apparently, at least as far as we know, he never got around to it. Around 115 CE, Tacitus published his final and some would argue greatest work, Ab Excessu Divi Augusti Historiarum Libri, Books of History from the Death of the Divine Augustus. We more commonly just call this book The Annals. Its subject matter, as the title suggests, is a history of Rome after the death of Emperor Augustus in 14 CE. It covers the remaining Julio-Claudian emperors from Tiberius to Nero. Therefore, along with the histories, Testus has provided us with a complete political history from 14 CE to 96 CE. But why should we trust this history? Tacitus wrote himself that he was attempting to take a neutral point of view towards history, but everyone writes with biases. Heck, I write this show with biases, which I'm sure show through quite often. Well, this can possibly go back to his friendship with Pliny the Younger. Pliny served as a magistrate under Emperor Trajan, and it's possible that Tacitus had access to more contemporary written histories through his friend. Pliny's uncle, Pliny the Elder, was also a prolific writer from that earlier period, so I'm sure the younger Pliny also had sources he could lend his friend. But, like I said, Tacitus clearly had particular thoughts about the rule of the emperor. He thought it was best when the emperor had control but very clearly acknowledged the importance of the Roman Senate. After all, Rome was still technically trying to pretend that it was a republic during this time. Therefore, he loved Augustus, but absolutely despised emperors like Caligula and Domitian. Tacitus died around 120 CE. It's unknown if he had any surviving children. And one last fun fact about him outside of Roman politics, he was one of the first non-Christians to write about Jesus, which is oftentimes used as proof by people to talk about how Jesus was indeed a real historical figure. But that's not the conversation we're having right now, so let's move along. Next up is Gaius Suetonius Tranquillus, aka Suetonius. While we don't really know much about Tacitus, we know far less about Suetonius, and Cassius Dio for that matter, so yeah, their sections will be much shorter. We don't know when he was born or where, but historians have circled around clues that suggest Suetonius was possibly born around 69 CE, or sometime near the end or just after Nero's reign. 
in a town in northern Africa. Like Tacitus, he was a member of the equestrian social class. Also like Tacitus, Suetonius happened to be good friends with Pliny the Younger. While possibly working as a lawyer, Suetonius soon found his fortune shift when he was put under the employment of Emperor Hadrian, of Hadrian's Wall fame. It's thought that Suetonius was put in the position of controlling the imperial library as an archive keeper. He was also a close ally of the emperor, advising him on cultural concerns. Before entering Hadrian's court, Suetonius had written quite a bit, thanks and sponsorship by Pliny, about the daily life of Romans and Greeks, as well as the lives of important Roman figures who helped shape the culture of the Republic and early Empire. Only a few of these books survived into the modern day, but, altogether, they are called De Virus Illustrobus, on famous men. One of the books was a biography about Pliny the Younger. His crowning work of writing was published around 121 CE while he was working for Hadrian. This work was titled De Vita Caesarum, about the life of Caesar, though it is usually just referred to as the Twelve Caesars. Suetonius sought to write a history that spanned the rule of Julius Caesar all the way up to Emperor Domitian, so pretty much the same as the writings of Tacitus but with the inclusion of Julius Caesar and Augustus. While Tacitus's works were known for their attempt at an unbiased truth, it's generally considered nowadays that Suetonius was writing based on popular rumors from the time. However, he did like to include what are thought to be actual quotes spoken by the emperors he covered. And while Tacitus seemed more interested in the power of the emperor and the military conquests of the empire, Suetonius sought to write more about the general lives of the imperial subjects. It's perhaps this reason as to why The Twelve Caesars remains one of the most popular historical books of all time. Suetonius's candid writing style would go on to influence later Roman historians and beyond. Einhard, the court biographer of Charlemagne, was outspoken about being influenced by Suetonius. His descriptions of Charlemagne even included some texts ripped straight from Suetonius's passages on Augustus. We don't really know anything about Suetonius's life after 122 CE. He was exiled from Hadrian's court after an alleged affair with the emperor's wife. He could have easily continued writing about Roman culture, though it's also entirely possible that Hadrian just had the guy executed. This brings us to our third and final subject. Lucius Cassius Dio, aka Cassius Dio, though some people say Dio Cassius. Dio is an outlier among the group because he was almost certainly born after both Tacitus and Suetonius passed away. He was also born around 165 CE in Bithynia, a Roman province in northern Turkey. His mother was Greek and Dio also primarily wrote in Greek. He was very proud of his Greek ancestry, especially his hometown of Nicaea. Even after he had moved to Italy to pursue politics, Dio would refer to Nicaea as his home while his Italian villa was just the place where I spend my time. At some point, Dio became a senator, potentially during the reign of Emperor Commodus, who ruled from 177 to 192, also the guy played by Joaquin Phoenix in Gladiator. 
Dio also served as the governor of the city of Smyrna in Anatolia. The proconsul, aka provincial governor of both Roman Africa and the province of Pannonia, which is located in Central Europe around modern-day Austria and Hungary, and he would serve as consul twice, first in 205 and again in 229. So he clearly had access to important places within the empire and also held quite a bit of sway if he wanted to ask people to help him find information. His titanic achievement of writing, a series of volumes chronicling about 1400 years worth of Roman history, is aptly titled Roman History, the original Greek title being Romaike Historia. Dio spent over 20 long years researching and writing Roman history, with apparently 12 years needed for the writing portion alone. It covered everything from the mythological foundings of Rome, from Aeneas and the Aeneid and Romulus as the first king, to the very real history of the Republic and Empire. He was even one of the very few Roman writers to talk about Boudicca's revolt in Britain in the 60s CE. Granted, the other two were Tacitus and Suetonius. Also, Boudicca's revolt, definitely gonna have an episode about that somewhere down the line. As to be expected, much of Dio's work, Roman history, is actually lost to us, with most of the lost sections pertaining to the middle period of the Roman Republic. However, his writings over the rise of Julius Caesar and the rise of Augustus are very much still intact. Some of his writings are criticized for the very bizarre reason of being biographical and not political, which, like, what do you want from the guy? He was writing a history, not a political thesis. Some of his writing is also said to be derivative of his predecessors, which again, of course it would be. There's only so much you can say as a historical writer without it completely becoming solely your opinion on things. The only section of his that really gets any true praise is his coverage of the Severan Dynasty, five emperors who ruled from 193 to 235 CE, but like, those were the emperors who reigned while Dio worked in politics, of course he would be able to give better coverage over them. Can you tell that criticism of Dio's writing makes me mad? Like, his writing isn't perfect. He totally wrote about things that clearly didn't happen, such as the first few centuries of his Roman history. But his work was clearly extensively researched. I mean, it took him 10 years. I'd like to see his critics write 80 books over 1400 years of Roman history. Anyways, we actually know when Cassius Dio died. It was around 235 CE, a couple years after he finished writing Roman history. He had moved back to his homeland of Bithynia after retiring from politics. So at least one of these guys probably got a happy ending. There's obviously many more figures who wrote about Roman history who lived during the imperial period, as well as those who lived during the republican period. There's Plutarch, Livy, who was a teacher of Emperor Claudius, both Pliny the Older and Younger, as well as figures like Julius Caesar himself. But the three men I covered are some of the main sources I usually use when researching the Julio-Claudian family, as well as other Roman topics that fall into the time period they wrote about. I think it's just really interesting that we have these voices from centuries ago that can tell us about how things were like in times that have become foundational to our history as a species. 
but even if some of their writings are less than 100% true, at least we know what the court of public opinion was like at the time, even if that may have just been the opinion of Suetonius. And it goes to show you the importance of using primary sources when available, because we're lucky that the works of Tacitus, Suetonius, and Cassius Dio have survived all the craziness that happened in Rome, and the Mediterranean world as a whole over the centuries since their deaths. But that's it for this episode of Royally Special. Be sure to subscribe to the show, tell a friend, and follow the Denim Creek page on Twitter and Instagram for more info about each episode. Regular episodes of the show will return on the 4th of February. I hope you'll join me then for another topsy-turvy look into history's most interesting rulers. Whoa, whoa, whoa.